what's going on, everybody? Like, thank you all for tuning in to the show. I got my crew with me, Darnell and Tyler. I'm Trey, and we are coming your way with the 56th edition of the Don't Kill the Messengers podcast. We have a lot to discuss on the show today, but before we get into anything, we're going to start off with uh, the UFC. Uh, a little bit of UFC and boxing. Uh, we had the UFC 208 this Saturday, well, last Saturday, and uh, it was quite a controversial pay-per-view. Um, we'll get right into it, man. Uh, Silver versus Brunson. Uh, Darnell, what did you think of this fight? I know you sent me some uh, text well, messages the next morning, man. But <laughs> well, I mean, it was just kind of a all-around cluster. Like, yeah, point one, it was it was a terrible fight. Uh, just <laughs> between just they took too long to feel each other out in the first round. The exchanges just were were light. Uh, the I, I, partially it was an improvement from Silva on his defensive wrestling, but Brunson's offensive wrestling, like he had no transitions to his game, so just looked like he was flopping at Anderson all the time and, you know, getting caught in halfway chokes to stand back up. And just the scoring was terrible. I mean, even through the <clears throat> lackluster action, I mean, at least personally, I feel like Brunson controlled most of the fight, yet each judge had Anderson winning, even though I feel like he got outstruck, he got out-wrestled. I, I don't understand how Anderson won the fight outside of he's Anderson Silva. Yeah, judges gave this um, scorecards for the fight. Both the two judges scored it 29-28, and one scored it 30-27. Uh, for you, you, yeah, that, uh, yeah, that one was just ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Anderson Silva for the unanimous yeah, he, decision. Yeah, well, uh, well he, even you know, coming from someone who <laughs> is still trying to figure figure out what the UFC is. I mean, to see a card separated by three points in a fight where there was nobody clearly pulling away was. I agreed. I heard that score, and I was like, "What fight was that guy watching?" Yeah. Well, especially when Anderson spent like a majority of a round on his back and like really wasn't yeah, and having any type well, of offense off of his back. So well, I don't know how he wins a round yeah. doing that. Well, and, and I mean, his best offense was his defense, to be honest. He, granted, every time Brunson went for the takedown, Silva was ready for it. He saw it coming a mile away. Yeah. Uh, what did he stop? Nine of 11 takedown attempts? Yeah, like, which, yeah. which is surprising for him because that's been his Achilles heel when he's facing wrestlers if they can get in on his legs they can usually take him so kudos to him on that yeah yeah you know anytime you can prevent a fight from going to the ground unless that's your strong suit you know you're doing yourself a favor but but like i said i feel like every time brunson went for the takedown you, you just saw it coming like it was he was predictable yeah yeah man uh you know yeah rocks the silver on that but yeah the takedowns you know Kind of look, yeah, a little sloppy. Uh, you know, I think if this was any other fighter, uh, that had good wrestling experience, I think they would have been able to take him down Silva. Uh, but I, I gave it, I, you know, I mean, y'all know I'm a huge Anderson Silva fan. Um, I did think that he, uh, lost to this one. I just think, uh, Brunson was just more aggressive and he, yeah, he outlanded him and everything in the fight. So, uh, you know, yeah, I do, I did, I did felt nervous, uh, but, you know, I'll take Anderson Silva win any day, you know, by any means. So, it is what it is. Uh, and any other thoughts, guys, on the Silva versus Brunson fight? 
No, just get me to the next fight. <laughs> <laughs> All yeah, right, guys. The next one's actually worth. Yeah, hopefully the next one's actually worth paying to see. Yeah. Uh, up next, we're going to get into uh, Randomy versus Holly Holm. Uh, this was another controversial one. Um, just to give the scorecards, uh, all three judges, they scored at uh, 48-47. Um, but what made it so controversial was that uh, Randomy, she landed some late punches uh, after the bell uh, a couple of times in the fight, and the, the referee did not give a um, point deduction at all during the fight. So uh, if the point, you know, if it was just one point, uh, we could have been looking at a tie or, you know, two, uh, Holly Holm, she could have uh, walked away with the belt. So this was another one. What did you guys think about that one? Yeah, another fight where just the story of it is the judging and and officiating. Uh, basically, you you can't have a fighter throw punches after the belt twice. Like I, I, I could see the first time you give her a warning, hey, you do this again, I'm going to have to deduct a point. The second time it happens, you have to take a point. Yeah. You, 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 if, if she's not going to restrain herself, the ref has to step in and restrain her for herself, I guess. And you take a point and show it, this is going to continue to happen if you do it again. So, because I mean, this is putting it, it put home in danger. Yeah. When she's supposed to be able to drop her guard and go back to her corner, yeah. there's a there's a fist coming at her and. We don't know how much that affected her. I mean, you, you catch a clean shot and you have some cobwebs, even though you might not be visibly, visibly like totally rocked. There, there could still be some, you know, some you got to shake off there. And a minute is not a long time to prepare for the next round. So mm-hmm. uh, I definitely think uh, ref dropped the ball there. There should have been a uh, a point taken. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to go as far to say two, you know, accidents happened. So I, I would have been fine with a warning the first time, but a point should have happened on that second one, and we should have had a draw. And now Holly Holm is uh, taking it to the athletic board to have uh, have it turned into a no contest, and I think she has a strong case. Yeah, I can agree with that. The only I will give Randy uh, Randy me a little slight. Uh, you know, understanding for the second one, just because I felt, uh, look, she got rocked at the end of, uh, Holly Holmes. She caught her around the end of the round. So I don't know, like, when she got rocked, you know, how she feel was feeling woozy. But, you know, still, I do agree a point should have been taken on the second one, but just to give a little, um, but just understanding around me, because, uh, Holly Holmes, she did land a nice little flush punch on her. Uh, it looked like it rocked her and stuff. And, you know, if you get rocked, uh, you know, you could be a little woozy. You might not be thinking straight or anything like that. But I, I still do believe that a point should have been inducted. Uh, it should have at least been a draw. So, uh, you have anything to say on that, Ty? Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll side with Darnell on this one. You know, it seems like, uh, when there's a situation, like that any type of controversial after the bell stuff if you know the, the official doesn't get in and do something about it the fight's going to get out of control um you know i you know I, I joke around more about this with with you guys you know i i love her being he he would have got in there and taken care of business <laughs> to tell you that but uh yeah, man, you love her but, man. yeah i do i do but you know it, it like you said things happen and you know, sometimes 
the punch starts flying right as the bell's going off and it lands, you know, whatever. But, you know, at the end of that second round, there was a clear punch thrown and landed after the bell and that that not being addressed is shocking, really. Uh, point deduction should have happened. Uh, now, what I don't know if you guys know an exact answer, and I guess it would be, you know, up to the official, but what would that normally could could that potentially end in disqualification? Constant lands after the bell could could that be a d- disqualification to a fighter? I mean, if, if it just kept happening, I mean, yeah. a ref should take progressive mm-hmm. uh, punishment on it. Like I said, a warning point point. And, yeah, and, and then and I'm not saying it, this. It's like okay, you're doing it, stopping the fight. But yeah, it, yeah. It, th- that's within the refs. Uh, okay prerogative if they want to just call it and just say this <laughs> this fighter is uncontrollable like I'm, I'm calling it just because they won't listen uh but yeah and like i said i don't think it it should have got to that point here but i was just wondering if that falls within the parameters of the officials yeah all right now uh i want to see my girl uh cyborg get the belt but you know should home get an immediate rematch uh against randomly this is a situation where I would say yes. Um, not usually a big fan of, uh, immediate rematches. Like it has to be a razor thin fight. But I mean, this is a fight that she probably, uh, should have gotten a draw in. So, I mean, I, I, I hate to see a fighter get screwed over in a fight. So I would, I would think this one would be worthy of a, of a rematch for. Yeah, I can agree with that for sure, you know, because this, you know, like I said, one point could have ended in a draw or, you know, two could have ended with a different winner. So I can definitely uh, respect, you know, a rematch between these two uh, whenever they would have set, um, you know. So just have to see, man, uh, you know, this could have been Holly's belt. But like I said, the uh, referee didn't want to take a point away, so got a different winner. I'll... I'll actually take a different approach at it and say no, only because, well, one, this is her third loss in a row. It's her second yeah. loss in a row for the belt. And I don't know if people are going to want to pay in another pay-per-view to watch her get a third shot at a belt with. Well, I don't, I don't think many people paid for this one, but yeah, I would, <laughs> well, yeah. I, and I, I would agree, you know, well, true. It, it would get that fight would get matched up with another good one that people would pay for. But yeah. I don't know if people want to constantly see Holly Holm get shots at the belt. And if if she were to lose one, if she were to lose her next fight and then lose four in a row, I I, w- I would be done with her. To be honest, yeah. I'm not saying don't put her on cards, but it, yeah. well, I mean, I think if they did give her a rematch and she lost again, uh, I mean, I I don't see her getting any other yeah. shot at a belt unless she went on yeah. some remarkable street just start tearing people up but yeah Yeah. i I would figure this would be her her last shot at glory yeah yeah Yeah. flash in the pan yeah (laughs) all right guys uh got word last night that uh brock lesnar was gonna retire uh what do you think about brock lesnar retiring and what are your thoughts on his legacy in the ufc I mean, he he made Dana White a lot of money. That's I mean, that's basically my view on it. 
Uh, he, he came in, he, he was an attraction. Uh, he definitely was worthy of being in the UFC. There's, it's not like this was a CM Punk type situation where somebody came in from the WWE world and just, just because of that fact, I mean, Brock was legit athlete, uh, and a superior athlete. He almost made a NFL football team without playing college football. Uh, and I mean, he, he, he was a, a fun champion. I mean, you never knew what he was going to say. And his fights were usually exciting, even the ones that he lost. Uh, but I mean, he's aging. He's making plenty of money still in WWE working a light contract. He doesn't even have to show up every week or, or work that 300 day a week schedule. Most of them work. So, I mean, his money's coming from a good place. He was already suspended for a year. So that, that would just be another year on his body. Uh, and really the only fight that looked like might be winnable for him that he might take if they offered it to him would be another fight against Frank Mir. And at this point, I'm not sure if that's a bankable fight. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just kind of n- not surprising. Yeah. Uh, it, it, while it's quiet, nobody's really thinking about the him getting popped for uh, banned substance. He, he's just trying to get out while he's ahead. He, he got his last nice payday, so there you go. Yeah, you know, I can definitely understand, uh, you know, uh, him going to the WWE, working a light schedule, uh, getting paid great money. Uh, you know, I can definitely understand, you know, his position. Uh, why worry about the UFC when you can, you know, get his ass whooped by Goldberg at the moment and then, you know, get an easy paycheck. So, you know, nothing wrong with that, man. Uh, but, you know, Brock uh, was a pretty interesting interesting fighter to watch in the ring uh very entertaining so you know just best of luck to him and you know he was just good to watch and you know like i said darno you know he's getting older too and that one year suspension that could have definitely gotten to him um but i got a question for you man uh where do you think he ranks among the heavyweights in the ufc because you know the heavyweights that division you know not really one of the top divisions uh in the UFC, uh, just talent wise, uh, where do you think he would rank? I mean, just because it's not a very deep uh, division, he's probably a top five all time heavyweight champion. Yeah. But I just don't know how much that's saying. Uh, like he's nowhere <laughs> near the best. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, you you got like Kane, you got JDS. Uh, I think both of them, Stipe Miocic is probably already close to surpassing him. Uh, I mean, I would still take him over uh, Shane Carwin, who was an interim champion. Uh, Probably would still put Randy Couture over him, even though uh, he beat Randy to get a title. Uh, I mean, he he did a lot for the UFC, so I mean, I, I think he's still up there, but he he came in at that time where the transition was going to not just being huge but being well-rounded and a very skilled fighter i.e. Yeah. your your canes and your uh Stipe Miocic type fighters that can do a lot of things in in the ring and he was clearly passed by quickly yeah so 
yeah, I can definitely agree with that, man. Uh, just that division, I definitely can say that I believe he's a top five. But, you know, that heavyweight division in the UFC was uh, pretty weak, in my opinion. So, uh, but still, you know, hey, you can't blame him for that. You know, he went in there uh, for him to not really have that much. Well, you know, he was a uh, All-American wrestler, I believe. But to go from NCAA w- champion. Yeah, NCAA, yeah. So, you know, champion, then to go to uh, WWE. And then how go to the UFC, you know, and get the belt, you know, that's major props to him, you know, he's, he did his thing for sure. Mm-hmm. All right. Now up next, uh, I don't think we really even, uh, talked about this, uh, yet on the show, man, but, uh, I don't really recall, but, um, it seems like, you know, every time we get, hear something new about Mayweather versus McGregor, uh, you know, had McGregor, doing the uh, sparring in the boxing ring a couple weeks ago. Now we got rumors coming out uh, last night that, you know, there's the, pretty much a close deal that Mayweather and McGregor is going to fight, even though some people are saying it's not true. Uh, just your guys' opinion, man. Do you think we're actually going to see Mayweather versus McGregor? I'm still on no side uh, because every one of these stories that come out where they say, oh, they're close to a deal. I don't hear the UFC mentioned and Conor McGregor, like it or not, he's under contract by the UFC. They would have to sign off on him taking a boxing match. And I mean, if he tried to do it without their blessing, the UFC has the right to sue and lock this up in court for however long they want it to be because they have the rights for him fighting. And if they're not included on it, they're not making money off of it. It's not happening as far as I'm concerned. So until I can see Dana White saying, yep, we signed off on this fight and it's going to happen on this date. I I don't believe it until, until I see it. This is like a unicorn to me. It's not real. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I can agree with you on that, man. Just looking at, uh, you know, Mayweather's biggest fight uh, against Pacquiao. Just look how long that took. And, you know, that was two guys in the same profession. Uh, now you have McGregor, who's in the UFC under contract, and then Mayweather, who's retired. All these rumors popping up. You know, I just think, you know, if it happens, I think it's going to take a whole lot longer than that. You know, I think McGregor, yeah, he's going to have to be out of contract with the uh, UFC for this to happen. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see for sure, but... I don't think this fight is going to happen. Um, yeah, I'm actually on the fence. I, I, I'm not going to be quick to say yes or no. Um, I know that, you know, it will basically be under Floyd Mayweather's terms. Like everything that goes on, it would almost have to be for him to agree to do it or to even want to do it. Um, and then like you were mentioning, Darnell, you know, the UFC isn't even, you know, they don't even appear to be whispering behind closed doors about this. Um, you don't hear it mentioned period when they talk about Conor McGregor. Uh, So it's going to be one of those situations where I won't be surprised if it happens and I won't be surprised if it never happens. And to be quite honest, I won't care whether it happens or not. Um, if it happens, maybe I'll catch it. If it doesn't happen, then I won't be any worse for wear. So um, I think it would just be kind of fun to talk about, see what happens, get entertainment value out of it, because you know you won't be getting 
in my opinion, I don't think you'd be getting much of a fair fight. One guy who's been boxing his entire life, another guy who has probably only stepped in a boxing ring a handful of times. So it would be entertainment value for me, nothing to actually try and pick apart a fight and analyze it. But um, this one is right now. Talk before the fight. (laughs) Oh, oh, absolutely, absolutely. Could could you could you imagine the uh, the press conference for that fight? Oh, it would be be amazing. Like that, that should be the pay per view right there. (laughs) Yeah, I'd I'd agree with that. So you know, just keep your water bottles within an arm's reach, so no one can grab them, and (laughs) and hide your hide anything. Yeah, hide anything you can throw. Energy drink cans. That's that's what Connor is known for throwing. Now, would you guys, honestly, if this fight wasn't happening, say, next month, would you guys pay money to see that fight? Depends how much. Uh, I mean, I would would consider it. I I despise both individuals personally, but... (laughs) I mean, just see one of them get knocked out. I guess maybe would I would feel good about it. Yeah. Uh, but I, I don't know if I would just buy it for myself. Maybe I would go to a fight party or go yeah. to Buffalo Wild Wings if they have it or something. I, I would make sure I probably see it, but I'm not sure if I would throw my hard-earned cash down for two guys that I can't stand. Yeah. This for, was you for know, a Pacquiao. Mayweather fight left a sour taste in my mouth, man. Just for that one, and then you know a guy that uh, doesn't have nowhere near the boxing experience as Mayweather, uh, I would have to be in an extremely good mood to, to buy that. But what about you, Ty? I mean, were you expecting a good fight between Pacquiao and Mayweather, though? I was expecting it to be better than what it was. I tell you that <laughs> that was awful. That that fight was four or five years too late. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And everybody knew it. Everybody knew it. You were, and once, once again, that was a fight that was all the hype before the fight. Yeah, yeah. That that fight was pure hype, and you know, I feel like, you know, it would be the same thing here with McGregor and Mayweather. But you know, w- would I pay to see it? I'm, I'm not going to drop close to a hundred bucks to watch that. No way. Yeah. Uh, that I mean. That fight and this fight are examples of Floyd knowing how can I make the most money to put in the least work. Yeah, he's a smart well, guy. He knew I'm taking Pacquiao now. We can see he's past his prime. Yeah, I'll fight him now because I can. His his hands have slowed down where he's not going to hit me much, and I'm not going to get caught. He, with Connor, he knows this guy is a mouth. He'll sell to, he'll sell to fight himself. But I will get in here and work this cat because he knows nothing about pro boxing and he won't be able to wrestle me. Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> won't be able to use his feet. Yeah. You know, so it, it's it, it's honestly a perfect example of you know having great marketing and advertising, but you have a terrible product. Yeah, yeah. you know, you you get people all excited for something the XFL. that sucks. <laughs> yeah, the XFL. <laughs> yeah, you get people excited for something that sucks, and you probably know it's going to suck. Yeah. Now, but for how- some reason, you. Go for it anyway. Now, how about this, Darnell? Because you picture Mayweather pulling off a James Tony and getting in the UFC. No. <laughs> no. That James Tony happen. was broke, so he knew he needed some cash. So he he went in there and took that quick L and got himself some money and got out of there. Oh, Floyd man. is too rich and and will not be embarrassed 
So, no, there's no shot of him. I mean, that's why all talk of this has been boxing. No, no mixing of the sports and no, no, no best out of, I'll fight you in the ring if you fight me in the octagon. No, this is a boxing match. Floyd, Floyd knows I'm, I'm the, I'm controlling this whole situation. I'm promoting it. I'm going to make the lion's share of the money and we're going to do it on my terms, which is in a boxing ring with, with with 12 ounce gloves and no no kicks no uh elbows no submission holds yeah. straight up fisticuffs which is where he knows he'll piece conor mcgregor up yeah <clears throat> all right guys uh anything to add uh to ufc slash boxing uh, before i move on no no i'm done talking about the mythical fight all right <laughs> All right, guys, uh, we got All-Star Weekend uh, coming up this week. Uh, first uh, thing we want to talk about is the uh, BBV8 uh, competition that's between the USA versus the world. Just want to know who you guys got in that. Uh, but before we, uh, you know, give our opinion on this game and whatnot, uh, just to give out the roster uh, for this. Uh, for the U.S. team, we got Devin Booker, Malcolm Brogdon, Marcus Chris. Brandon Ingram, Frank Kaminsky, Jaleel Okafor, D'Angelo Russell, Jonathan Simmons, Carl Anthony Towns, Miles Turner. And for the world, we have Alice Sabrinas, Dante Exum, Buddy Hill, Nikola Jokic, Trey Lyles, Willie Hernan Gomez, Jamal Murray, Przingis, and Sabanis. Oh, and uh, Dario Sarge. I think this would be an easy one for the USA. I, I wouldn't say easy. Yeah. Um, you know, th- this world roster's got some, has got some talent on it. You know, Nikola Jokic, uh, I believe he's had, at, he's had at least one triple double this year. Yeah, he uh, got maybe a triple two. double, uh, not the, yeah, the other day. This week, yeah. Yeah, the other day. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that was against Golden State. Yeah. Um, you know, and, Dario Saric is starting to turn it up for the 76ers who got a promising looking squad. Uh, you know, Buddy Heald can shoot the ball. Porzingis can kind of do it all. Um, I don't know that it's going to be a U.S. I like the U.S. team more. You know, I'm a big fan of Devin Booker could really shoot the ball. Uh, I really like Miles Turner, uh, Pacers center. You know, he, he can do a little bit of everything on the floor and then, Carl Anthony Towns is, you know, r- rookie of the year last year. And, um, you know, I, I like the USA's chances, but I don't, I don't know that it's going to be a blowout. Yeah. I mean, I don't expect a blowout. I wouldn't be shocked if it was one, uh, just cause I do think the, the more, the wealth of talent is more on the US side, uh, players you mentioned already uh d'angelo russell's starting to turn into yeah. the point guard people thought he might be and and just that size that the u.s team is gonna have uh like that they they have some some grinders in the paint uh that i'm not sure the world team will be able to deal with uh and and they also have some big guys that can pull it out and do other things uh like with Carl uh, Anthony Towns and Frank Kaminsky, who can stretch you out too. So I, I just feel like the U.S. team can do more, and they have more players that can do more. Uh, the world team took some hits, you know, 
know, losing Embiid and Mudiay. Uh, Moody. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I think that hurts their team and their chances a lot. Those are those are two pieces that would have been a big help to this roster. Yeah. And you know, that just makes it more likely to me that the U.S. takes this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna pull with the uh pull with the U.S. on this one, uh, especially with um Moutier and uh Embiid uh not playing for the world, but. Uh, we got some big names in this one. Carl Anthony Towns, uh, D'Angelo Russell, uh, Porzingis. Um, is there, uh, anybody in this competition that you guys think, uh, could have a big game or that you think people are sleeping on this year or anything like that that you think people should look out for in this game? Yeah, I, I would say Devin Booker. Um, well, phenom- phenomenally this year. Yeah. Phenomenally this year. <laughs> um, you know, it just, one of those examples of doing it very quietly. Uh, I don't think many people know that, you know, he's, I think he's one of the league leaders in 20 point quarters this year. Oh, wow. Um, you know, just he's, he's really shooting the ball while he's lighting it up. Um, I think he could be someone that could go off for 30 plus points in this game. Yeah, I would agree there. Just in these all-star type games, if you got a shooter, that's that's somebody that can end up being a star for you just because defense ends up not being what you would expect or would want it to be. You know, all-star games, is they're more for offense. And if you can shoot and people are going to be giving you space, that's that's all you need. So yeah, I think Devin Booker's one, and on on the other side, that that could be a night for Buddy Hield too. Yeah, uh, if he if he catches a little bit of fire, uh, he might light up some people for stepping back on him. Yeah, he has some young talent out there, man. This would be a good way for them to get their name known for sure. Uh, anything else to add for this uh, competition, guys? Nah. Okay, up next we have the Taco Bell Skills Challenge. Uh, this one, uh, I believe is going to be the Bigs versus the, uh, Guards. Uh, again, this year the Bigs were able to pull it off last year. Uh, but for this one, we have Devin Booker, DeMarcus Cousins, Anthony Davis. It was supposed to be Joel Embiid, uh, but he's getting replaced by Nikola Jokic, uh, Gordon Hayward, Kristaps Porzingis, Isaiah Thomas, and John Wall. Uh, who do you guys have in this one? And what do you think about this competition? Didn't uh Carl Anthony Towns win this one last year? Yeah. I believe yeah, I believe he did, and I believe I called that one. So let's see if I can make it two for two. Yeah. Um I'm actually gonna go with a guard this time. Um someone who's having a, a good year. Um leading leading this team very well. I'm actually gonna go John Wall on this one. John Wall, yeah. all right. Yeah, I'm also going with a guard. Uh, Wall was in the consideration for me, but I'm going with Isaiah Thomas. Okay. Yep, I'm going with Isaiah Thomas in this one, too. Uh, guy's having a phenomenal year. Uh, in my opinion, yeah, I think yeah. he's third. Uh, he's my having MVP. a phenomenal year. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. He, got, in, he in, guards in, nobody. In in the fourth quarter, he's having a phenomenal year. <laughs> that, 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 too, yes. Hey, man. Dudes, hey, whatever, look at his numbers, numbers are numbers, man. Yeah, whatever it takes. Yeah, so got to do what you got to do. But, yeah, I just think, uh, you know, he'll be able to pull it off in this one. So, 
All right, anything else to add for the Taco Bell skills challenge? No. All right, now we got the three-point contest. Um, and this one, the participants are Eric Gordon, Kyrie Irving, Irving uh, Kyle Lowry, Wesley Matthews, C.J. McCollum, uh, last year's champ, Clay Thompson, Kimball Walker, and my man Swaggy P. Uh, who do you guys got in this one? Are you guys a little disappointed Curry's not in this one uh, to see him and uh, Clay duke it out? Slightly, I guess, but it's not like a deal breaker because they actually do have a pretty nice uh, set of shooters in this one where I'll be interested to see uh, what happens with this one. Uh, but I guess to transition into my pick, I, I like Clay to repeat with an outside shot of Kyrie. Okay. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm with Darnell. It's not make it or break it for me if Steph Curry's in it or not. Um, I, I think the All-Star Weekend has formed into a good enough event that I would watch no matter who's participating. Um, and I think the NBA deserves a lot of credit for that. Um, where a lot of people could kind of care less about an All-Star Weekend, people always tune in to watch the skills for the, for the NBA. Um, so I give the NBA some, some big credit there. Um, I'm going to also go with Clay Thompson. I just feel like of all the people in the competition this year, he's the he's the best guy shooting with a rhythm. Uh, he's probably most likely to you know get on a run of seven or eight in a row. Um, you know, I think kind of like Darnell said, if someone were to have an outside chance, I actually think it would be Swaggy Pete. Because I, I feel like if that if he makes three or four in a row, when the crowd starts getting loud for him, he'll feed off of that. But uh, I think Clay Thompson's just the best three-point shooter of everyone. Yeah. Well, I'm going to pull my former man Swaggy P to get it uh, <laughs> number one, man. The Lakers have been asked this year, so I at least want to see them win in something. So I'm going to be pulling for Nick Young uh, in this one. Uh, but if he doesn't win it, I'm going to pull with Clay Thompson, just uh, one of the greatest shooters of all time. Man, uh, had a phenomenal three-point shooting contest last year to win it. So I'm going to pull for him if uh, my man Swaggy P can't get it done. All right, anything else to add for the three-point contest? All right, we have the dunk contest next. And uh, who's going to be playing in this one is Derrick Jones Jr., Glenn Robinson the third, DeAndre Jordan, and uh, some people believe he got snubbed last year, but Eric Gordon uh, had a phenomenal dunk contest last year. Who you guys feeling for this one? I'll I'll tell you, maybe it's a good thing uh, Zach Levine didn't choose to participate, so our hopes weren't crushed by his injury. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I just feel like that it, that's a little bit easier of a letdown than him being healthy and not participating. So, um, but to to move into it, Aaron Gordon did get snubbed last year. I will boldly say that to my grave. Yeah. Um, but uh, I. I I just don't know how much more he can do from last year. I think a lot of people are going to compare what he's doing this year to what he did last year. And I think last year is going to be tough for him to top. So I'm actually going to go with an outside pick. I'm going to go with Derrick Jones Jr. Uh, I've just seen some some tapes of this guy doing some dunks and pregame warm-up lines, and he, he looks pretty impressive. So I'm going to go going to go with the long shot here. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm gonna go with Gordon to be up to the challenge. Uh, uh, 
I think he comes with some other craziness. Uh, he, he's been quiet about it. He was actually interviewed on Sports Center today, and he said he still has some some things up his sleeve, and I look forward to see what that could be, especially mm-hmm. after all the stuff he pulled out last year, uh, you know, putting the dunk contest back on the map. So uh, I mm-hmm. look forward to, to seeing what he can do. Yeah. I'm gonna yeah I'm gonna go with Aaron Gordon on this one, but I will say do not sleep on DeAndre Jordan. Um, had the privilege uh, to see them play the Pistons a couple of times up here, uh, and man, him and Blake Griffin before the game, man, they were doing some sick stuff uh, just uh, during the warmups and stuff to get ready for the game, man. Between the legs, you know, dunks, three sixties. This guy, he can dunk. Uh, I was very impressed with uh just watching him, what him and Blake Griffin were doing just pregame uh, was good. So uh, I think uh, just don't sleep on him. I think he's going to pull some sick stuff out uh, come to dunk contest. So it's just tough for seven footers to true. win this. Yeah, it's yep. very true. Yeah, yep. yeah, definitely. But just real quick, uh, do you guys think we'll ever see a dunk contest that will top the two thousand? With Vince Carter? Yeah. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> I mean, I thought last year was close. Yeah, it, it, yeah last year, la- last year was really good. Yeah, I mean, like just because I mean, even going back to two thousand, I mean, most most memory is just Vince Carter putting on a show. Yeah, but uh, I think like overall, like last year, just like looking at uh, you know how Levine and Gordon competed. Uh, yeah, you know, just topping you know because two thousand that was just Vince Carter. Where last year, you know, it was just two guys that was just pulling out some sick stuff. So yeah, so I mean, I I think this one rivals it, especially where you you had two people pulling off. Like I mean, I was in my living room by myself, like hopping up, like oh my gosh, with stuff yeah. last year, and pretty much that was the last time I remember doing stuff like that. Would either be Vince Carter or uh, Jason Richardson. Like oh yeah, the, Jay those were the last, those were the last two. Yeah, that put on that yeah. kind of a show. Yeah. So, but yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know if we'll have anything to at least be on par like how last year's was. I mean, I guess I say it every year, but it's like they have to start running out of ideas at some point, yeah. right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean. The only real thing you can do is just bring out more stuff to dunk over. But once yeah. again, it's just, you know, then what are we jumping over this year? You know, yeah. So just have to see you guys. All right. Up next, we're about to get into the all-star game. Uh, just to announce the starters and reserves real quick before I get into our uh, thoughts and everything. Uh, for the starters for the Eastern Conference, we have Kyrie Irving, uh, DeMar DeRozan, LeBron James, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Jimmy Butler. For their reserves, there's Isaiah Thomas, John Wall. Uh, Supposed to be Kevin Love, but we're going to get more to him in a little bit uh, later. But he has the injury uh, so far. We didn't hear anything about a replacement. Even though I was reading last night, I was, uh, I was reading about Carmelo Anthony possibly taking a spot. We'll just have to see about that. Uh, but Kyle Lowry, Paul George, Kemba Walker, and Paul Millsap. And then for the Western Conference, the starters, we have Steph Curry, James Harden, Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard, Anthony Davis. And the reserves, Russell Westbrook, Ron Green, DeMarcus Cousins, Marcus Saul, DeAndre Jordan, and Gordon Hayward. 
Uh, did you guys feel as if anybody got snubbed or should be starting or anything like that? Or how do you guys feel about this uh, lineup? Ru- Russell Westbrook. Yeah. I think that's the obvious answer there in terms of a snub and should be starting. Yeah. Um, I mean, to me, that that's fans don't understand what we're witnessing with him this year. So that, yeah. that's that's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah, I agree. Poor job by the fans, man. What this guy's doing is absolutely historic, man. Just unbelievable what this guy's just doing on the court. Uh, might be a long time uh, before we see something like this happen again. Uh, so, you know, you just got to just be amazed at this guy. Definitely, I, you know, just put him in the all-star uh, starting lineup for sure. Yeah, uh, I'm going to make it a clean sweep there. Uh, Russ should be starting with Harden. Uh, sorry, Steph, you you are a great player, but this year you should not be starting in this All Star game, and he probably knows it. Yeah. Uh, Westbrook's been playing out of his mind, and so is Harden. So that's I'm pretty clear on who I think the two guards should be. Uh, but yeah, that, that's the biggest grievance in it, and I mean, just more that. The fans, I know this game is for the fans, but come on, like we gotta, we gotta lower that percentage that they have on this vote just so people actually get rewarded that deserve it. Exactly. Um, anybody else, uh, you guys think got snubbed or anything or? I I don't think too many people, I don't really think there was really that noticeable of a snub you can make arguments for specific players here and there but outside of the starting lineup uh the deserving guys really get in yeah um i mean there like i said there might be a small handful like you can make an argument for like a bradley beal who's playing really well this year uh for he could have got in or you know just just like i said a small handful of players you have the arguments for but with only the starting lineups being decided by the fans, uh, the committee does a really good job of getting the correct players in. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, no Zaza Pachulia, man. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe next year, man. If, if they would have gave the fans a higher percentage of the uh, voting, he would have gotten in there. But, you know, smart decision by the NBA, I think. Uh, now, who do you guys have winning this, the East or the West? I'm going to go with the West. I just think they have a better squad this year. Okay. What about you, Darna? Yeah, I'm kind of in agreement there. I, just, I feel like the West has too many just consistent scores. Uh, I mean, just looking at the starting lineup, even without Westbrook, just anybody on his team can shoot basically out to the three-point line and they're just they can all run like this is the west is just loaded with a really athletic team as is the the east of course and this is the best of the best but i just feel like they'll be able to do a little bit more and uh and Adekumpo is as good as he is uh if anthony davis is playing up to snuff he's gonna eat his lunch uh jimmy butler he's not going to have the height to deal with Durant if that's who they have him guard, or he's going to tire himself out dealing with Kawhi Leonard. And Kawhi, 
it, he's shown to be able to match up with LeBron pretty well. Uh, and then just the guards, I don't think, I don't think there's, uh, much of a matchup there two on two. I think DeRozan's a little bit of an odd man out there. As good as he is, he's just not quite on the level of Steph or Harden. Yeah. Uh, Kyrie, Kyrie is, uh, offensively, of course, but I, I, I just think the East, a couple of their players are just that half step down from what the West is putting out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, who do you guys have as your MVP for this game? I'm going to go. Oh, oh go, go ahead. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm going to go with the guy that we, that we said was snubbed. I think Russ goes into this game looking to get a triple double and possibly drop 30. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I I would not be surprised there, but I'm uh, I'm actually going to take a little bit of a different route. I'm going to go with Kevin Durant. I think he scores okay. a boatload of. I think he just scores a boatload of points. He'll thirty five, uh, then he'll wrap it up with like I don't know six or seven, eight assists and twelve or thirteen rebounds. I bet. Just because nobody really does a whole lot in this game defensively, so I, I think just the efficiency he's brought this season is going to carry over here, and I think he's just going to shoot really well. Yeah. Uh, for this one, I'm going to give uh, you know my first one is Russell Westbrook, uh, but my runner-up uh, just because he's playing, they're going to be playing in NOLA. Uh, I think we're going to have Anthony Davis. I think the guys are going to look out for him a little bit to try to see if he can get the MVP in his own uh, town. So. Just, uh, yeah, Russell Westbrook, and then if he doesn't get him, I'm going to go with AD. Yeah, I, I would look at AD too, but I just feel like Russ is going to go in this game playing it like it's a playoff game and not an all-star game. I just I just have that feeling like yeah. he's he's got a chip on his shoulder that's the size of New Orleans right yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to show it. Yeah. Um, now, before we get into this uh, last week's uh, OKC, um, Golden State game. I was kind of telling Darnell about this, uh, you know, when I was over his house last week. Uh, something that I would just like to just have is, you know, just a camera just to follow, uh, Kevin Durant and Westbrook around just this weekend because this is going to be uh, the first time they're going to be teammates since uh, KD left. So, you know, you see there's kind of a little animosity between the two, you know, just to see how they're gonna, just going to interact with each other um, during this uh, time of them being teammates and everything. So, you know, will there be any words spoken or what? So, I don't think they – I mean, from KD's spot – there's not as much hard feeling, but just I think Russ has made it known he has no words for KD, and <laughs> on the court, like I, I assume he'll be able to go business as usual and try to win a game. But uh, that's about the best at, of the relationship we're gonna get uh, as far he as has to like, rock to him, man. That's <laughs> that, that's that's what I'm wondering. Just like will will he at least if 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 it's down to two seconds left in the game and Russ is double teamed. Does he take the shot or throw it to a wide open KD? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, he might even say he passed it to him for too many years. <laughs> <laughs> now we, now we'll hold on to it. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, now what did you think about last week's, um, OKC Golden State uh, game? Uh, do you think the fans kind of did, uh, Kevin Durant dirty with how they were booing him and whatnot, or you know, just what are your overall thoughts on that game? 
No, they had they had every right to boo him. Yeah. I was all for it. Um, you know, I saw a lot of talk shows and stuff saying, should have they been booing him? He brought you the best years of your franchise. It's like, all right, I, I get it. Like, I even saw people say they should have given him a one or two minute video or a ovation or something. And I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, all right, they made it to the finals. They didn't win a ring. He chooses to leave for the best team in the conference, in the league. And you, you want them to start praising him? It's like, if there was a ring involved, maybe. Yeah. But th- there was no ring, so I had no problem with the booing. They're mad at him. Let him be mad. I mean, we all we all knew Golden State was going to win that game. Yeah. Just I I had I had zero problems with the booing. The, the cupcake stuff was a little weird, but where did that come? You know, from? I was like, I was yeah I was I, it, I was cool with it. It, it goes back. Uh, I guess it's been an OKC thing for a while. It's back from when Kendrick, per- Kendrick Perkins was on the team. Okay. Uh, he had a, a saying for when anybody kind of took a flop or was whining about a cheap foul or something like that. He would, he would call him a cupcake. Yeah. He said he was being soft. He said he was being soft. Yeah. So it just kind of stuck with the team and it made its way through the city. So. Of course, since he left, everybody wants to call KD soft, so they all picked up. Those shirts got circulated, and and then they turned around and got trolled by him by the whole Warriors team after the game was over. Uh, but going to the game, like it was the most entertaining, not close game I've ever watched in my life. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. like pretty much the only time I've had more fun watching games that aren't close was like. Sorry, Ty, but MSU blowing out Michigan in football games. That's about the that's about the only time I would have that much fun watching a game that's not close. Yeah. Uh, but like the 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 intensity that was there from both sides, it was you you could watch the game every play. If you took the score away, especially if you looked at how Westbrook was playing, you would think it was a two three point game the whole time, even though they were down as much as almost 30 uh but just a fun game uh the two stars uh will or the two marquee players for this game they both brought it they they had their instance where they were talking trash at the end of the end of the third wasn't it yeah. uh where they had their little meeting at half court where uh Westbrook started yelling at him and everything. So, I mean, it's, it had everything you wanted outside of it being a close game, which, like Ty said, I don't think any of us expected just because Golden State is, just has far superior, superior talent outside of, uh, Russ. So the Warriors did what they needed to do. Uh, but we had an amazing game from Westbrook outside of a, in a, ridiculous amount of turnovers yeah. and uh, KD played big too. Uh, you know, Russ had what, 43 and KD had 35. Uh, basically the NBA was watching dollar signs grow off of that, uh, that late night game. Yeah. You know, uh, you guys just about covered it. Uh, but you know, yeah, from the uh, standpoint with the fans, uh, you know, should they have booed them? 
or not uh kind of on the fence about it you know because you know as a fan you know you hate to see the guy go uh so you know yeah you're booing but uh one thing you know KD, he did do a lot for the community uh, in Oklahoma. Uh, you know, I remember back when they had the um, tornado or whatever, uh, you know, he donated a million dollars to him and stuff like that. So, you know, he did uh, some pretty uh, humanitarian uh, things for the community in Oklahoma. So, you know, just from that standpoint, I can understand, you know, hey, you know, let's platform was, you know, once the game starts, we boom. But, you know, this guy disappointed a lot of fans uh, when he left, you know, especially to go to a team like Golden State, uh, a team that they almost uh, could have beaten and went on for the championship. But, you know, just a lot of animosity towards us. So I can definitely understand, you know, where the fans are coming from um, in this one. And you got to look at, like, I heard an interesting take on the fans' reaction. We're, we're looking at it in the scope of the NBA, but, I mean, out, up until uh, the Thunder came there, what what uh, sports uh, group or team do the, do the people around there look to? The Sooners, which is a yeah. very entitled group of fans, of course. Yeah. You know, yeah. They expect to win a national championship in football every year, even though they haven't done it in quite a, a time. They're one of those blue blood schools, which has the hardware behind them. And, you know, they've really only had one season of bad basketball. And that was the first season after they came from Seattle. And after that, they've been a, a championship contender since. So basically Kevin Durant took that away from a already kind of entitled fan base from their uh, college football team. And they basically got an immediate contender in an NBA team when they got it. So they took it hard. Uh, I can understand it. I mean, he, he was a big fixture around there, but you know, it, it did get a little bit ridiculous. Some like, what was there? There's a, a town in Oklahoma called Durant and there was wow. a petition to change it to Westbrook. <laughs> Like, oh, and, and I'm not joking. That's a serious thing that happened. So like, wow. they, they took it way harder than they needed to there. Yeah. That's crazy. Uh, before we move on, just a quick question for you guys. Um, you know, obviously Russell Westbrook, he's having a, you know, historic season, um, so far. Uh, but do you guys think he's making his team better? Oh, yeah. You think he's like making his teammates better? Okay. He he's doing what he has to do for the talent that he has. Like for that that game against Oklahoma City, I mean, probably his next best option. The next next best option for that team after him is probably, I would say, Enos Cantor probably. Yeah. But he was sitting, so that was more points he had to score. Yeah. And I mean, like, I'm amazed that they're in the playoff hunt right now. And what are they? Only three three games out of the four seed. Yeah, six games above five hundred. Yeah, uh, if if they weren't getting the production they were getting out of Russ right now, they would be as bad as the Lakers. All right, maybe worse. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, anything else to add for uh, the All Star weekend? No, nah, look forward to it. Yeah. NBA does their All Star game better than any other league. So yeah, I agree yeah, with that one for sure. Yep. Yeah. 
All right, guys. Uh, there's been some trades uh, that's going on so far this week. Uh, you know, what do you guys talk about? The biggest one is uh, Sergi Baca going to Toronto uh, for, I believe, their uh, Toronto gave away their first uh, round draft pick for 2018 for Sergi Baca and, uh, and Terrence Ross. Yeah. Yep. So yep. Uh, another one was Mason Plumley for uh, Yusuf Nurkic. Uh, for uh, Denver. Um, so, you know, yeah, like, what do you guys think about the trades so far? And, you know, are there any other trades that you guys are predicting to happen? Uh, I know that we were talking about the Pistons as well uh, with their trades before the uh, before we started recording and everything. So, you know, just what are you mm-hmm. guys' thoughts on the trades so far? And are there any uh, trades you'd like to see happen uh, that haven't happened yet? I mean, I guess none of them have moved me that much. Like, uh, definitely understand the the move uh, that Toronto made. Just trying to trying to keep up with Cleveland. Uh, but I mean, just really, not, nothing's moved me yet. I'm more interested in what's possible. Like, I want to see if something happens. Does does this mellow love trade happen or does mellow go somewhere else? Will he, uh, wave his no trade clause? Uh, like you mentioned the Pistons news, like will Drummond or Jackson go just, I mean, that's local news for us. And, and do, do the Sixers move one of their big men? Uh, that's not in B like, uh, seems like Okafor sound like the more likely, uh, where does he go and does he make an impact for a team to, you know, maybe be a playoff contend to a playoff contender or a title contender? Yep. Uh, so I, I guess I'm more focusing on what, what still may happen more than what has happened. Yeah. And I think the majority of people would agree with you. It's more about who, who could potentially be moved than who has been moved so far. I mean, there were a lot of, trades involving good players that um, just weren't big splash trades. You know, we've seen, you know, Kyle Korver get sent to Cleveland. Um, Spencer Hawes and Roy Hibbert got sent to, uh, oh, where was it? Milwaukee, I believe. Uh, anyway, then Miles Plumlee just got recently traded and now Serge Ibaka. Um Big, you know, good players, just not splash trades. Um, although I do think the Ibaka trade is, is, uh, good for Toronto. He's another big body, a stretch four. Um, you know, guy that can bang down low and, you know, hit the, hit the occasional jump shot. So I think he's a good addition for them. Gives them some more depth. Um, but once again, I, I think just the big conversation is the, Carmelo Anthony talks what's going to happen there. Um, I even heard somebody saying that Boston should be trying to get him. And yeah, I was hearing about that as well. Yeah, yeah it, it, it it's honestly he could go just about anywhere. To be honest, um, the only thing I would not like if he gets traded for Kevin Love would be the fact that then Cleveland would be basically gaining a brand new identity, like they're basically starting over if they trade for Carmelo Anthony, in my opinion, only because it's, they, they won't be able to run the same style of offense. They would have to switch it up. Um, Carmelo shoots the three well, but not as, not as well as Kevin Love. He doesn't rebound as well. The outlet pass wouldn't be there anymore. 
So if Cleveland does try to execute that trade, um, that would be a very scary team still. Um, but I just think that they would have to then find a whole new identity, find a new offense, um, figure out how to make it work. Um, and, and granted, I, I, I don't, and I've said this before, I don't think Cleveland needs home court advantage in the playoffs because if they get in, I'm going to pick them to win the East anyway. Um, the only thing is going to be how much will this injury set Kevin Love back uh, after the six weeks, which makes which makes the trade talk even that more interesting. Yeah. Uh, just to get you know, we'll get right back uh, to add to the Pistons. Um, you know, because yeah, there was uh, you know rumors you guys uh, was telling me about with them wanting to get rid of Reggie Jackson or um, my man Drummond. Uh, how do you guys feel about that? Uh, you know, do you would you hate to see those guys go, or you think it's be in the best interest to see them leave, or what? I guess yeah. it depends on what's coming back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I I told you guys this earlier. Like Andre Drummond has been the Pistons' best draft pick in the last six or seven years, um, and they haven't exactly done much with it. Like just just to be honest, the team hasn't. Made it past the first round in ten years, so uh, so I mean the Andre Drummond, the build around Andre Drummond project isn't working. Um, now I understand, you know, Stan Van Gundy, give him, you know, give him a few years, and that's fine and everything. But uh, you know, he's going to want max contract, and um, thankfully the hack of Drummond stuff's died down a little bit, or else. On the floor when you would want it on the floor the most. Uh, but, you know, I, I saw some stats earlier saying that Ish Smith, the backup point guard, scoring more points than Reggie Jackson right now, averaging more points, averaging more assists, and shooting a better field goal percentage. So I don't know if you want Ish Smith to be the starter. I think Reggie Jackson fits the starter role better. Um, and Ish Smith's just that high energy guy off the bench bringing what he needs to bring. But, um, if either of those guys were to be moved, I wouldn't be too upset, uh, only because I think both of those guys would yield good returns. Okay. I, I don't. I don't think one would get pulled over on the Pistons with those players. Because you, 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 you would have to to get, you know, something really worth it to go through trading either of those guys. Yeah. Okay. Uh, anything else to add to that, Darnell? No, Tybo covered it. I mean, it's they they aren't at a at a level where I'm going to be heartbroken because they lost a player uh, for a team that's barely uh, in the playoff hunt. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, we will go right to Kevin Love. Uh. Then you know the Cavs. You know they're losing him for six weeks. Uh, you know, what do you, yeah, what do you guys think about that? Do you guys actually think he'll be traded, uh, you know, with the deadline being on the 23rd, I believe? Um, and also, you know, what do you guys expect from the Cavs, uh, while he's gone? Uh, do you guys think they will remain the number one seed or what? I mean, I think there's a shot that they could, uh, slip to two. Uh, just depends on how Toronto meshes. Uh, coming out of the All-Star break. Uh, I mean, even though 
anybody looking call or trying to prognosticate on basketball right now is still picking the Cavs to win the East. But as far as regular season play goes, it's not a guarantee that they finish with the best record in the East on the way to the competition there. So, yeah, like right, uh, right now, uh, the Celtics they're three games behind. The Wizards are five and a half, and the Hawks are seven. So, yeah, those are top. And the Raptors are seven and a half. So, yeah. So, I mean, it's it's definitely a a realistic possibility that they drop down to a two or three seed. Uh, at once they're back at full strength, though, uh, do I think any other team has the the tools to beat them in the East, uh, even if they have home? No, I don't at this point. Uh, I, I, I am in line with LeBron and thinking that they, they actually still need some playmakers if they want to have a shot at beating, uh, most likely Golden State or, or even San Antonio if, if they come out of the, the West. Uh, I just, I don't think they have enough punch to keep up with those teams right now. So they have to be buyers right now. Um, uh, and, you know, I don't think they're going to have as easy of a walk to the finals as they did last year. I think they're still better than any team in the East, but I don't think they're sweeping teams left and right like they did last year. All right. Uh, what about you, Ty? you have anything else to add to that? And no, not really. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if Cleveland ends the season number one in the East, and I wouldn't be surprised if they somehow end up number two or three. Uh, just the idea that, you know, the East has gained a lot of talent over the last few years. Uh, it used to be that the Eastern Conference was, you know, there could be 20, up 25 game difference between the first and the eight seeds. Um, but over the last couple of years, that started to shift a little bit and the Western Conference has started to spread itself out and the Eastern Conference has started to become, you know, a closer knit group of teams. So, you know, whether Cleveland ends first or third or fifth, I, in my opinion, I don't think it really matters. Uh, if they trade Kevin Love, then, all right, you got a healthy body for the next six weeks that you wouldn't have Kevin Love, but you may need to reconfigure what you're doing. But if they hold on to him, then they just better hope that he stays on track for that six weeks and maybe come back sooner. I don't know. Depends how fast he heals, but, um, you know, hope that it doesn't take him too long to get his game feet under him. And they would probably need to get rolling pretty quick if they want to either get separation from a team or make up ground on a team. Uh, so, and anything can happen, uh, really. But I think when push comes to shove and it's playoff time, uh, LeBron will take over if he absolutely needs to. Uh, if Kevin Love's there or if another star player's there, you know, great for him. That's just more help. But, uh, LeBron would not have a problem averaging close to 35 points in the playoffs if he had to. All right. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, guys, well, real quick, uh, anything else to add? No. no. Okay. Uh, just to move on and get ready to conclude the show, um, talk only right we talk about the New York Knicks, man. Um, Dolan, Carmelo, Phil Jackson, uh, even got Draymond Green, you know, getting in on it, talking about Dolan, you know, can it get any worse for the Knicks? And, you know, just what the hell is going on, man, for real? 
just this is crazy. What are you guys' thoughts on this? They are dysfunctional at every level. I mean, that's yeah. about all I can say about them. They they don't have a good product on the court. Their front office, they hired a guy that really just doesn't do his job. All he does is talk to the media and talk trash about his best player who, I mean, Porzingis is a nice piece for the future, but right now Melo is still their best player. Uh, and now you got Dolan, uh, who seems to have backed himself into a corner here, uh, basically treating uh, a Knicks legend like, like dirt. And nobody believes him when he says that Oakley was the, the cause of all the issue. I mean, pretty much all the New York media, most players, everybody's siding with Oakley. Uh, and anybody that seems to know him is saying the, the story that, Dolan is telling is not quite true and all the witnesses Dolan said that were there they aren't really co- corroborating his story so I mean it's, it can only be the Knicks that will just give you this level of uh, ridiculousness I mean this whole uh, Charles Oakley situation spilled over into a Rangers game uh, the crowd was chanting for Oakley at a Rangers game. So th- there's no winning for 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 Dolan. Like just this, they are the definition of a dumpster fire. Yeah, it is and so crazy. Uh, you know, this. Uh, you know, I had some pretty decent expectations for this team. Uh, we was talking about them in the preseason. You know, just how. Uh, how I expected them to, you know, to be, you know, possibly in a playoff team and whatnot. But, man, this is just crazy what's going on with them right now, man. Uh, but despite I was reading it today, you know, with all this turmoil that's going on in the organization, uh, they're still the most valued team in the NBA with $3.3 billion uh, worth of value for the team, most valuable team. But that's crazy, man, just what's going on right now. Yeah, and didn't even LeBron James say Charles Oakley for president? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's literally getting to be a circus there in New York. Uh, you know, kind of kind of like you were getting at a little, Trey, you know, that, that's still a very valued franchise, and the, the fans of New York still see them as, you know, the Patrick Ewing years, you know, the Earl Monroe years, you know, just it's – just simply not the past. Um, this next franchise is in disarray. They bring in uh, Carmelo Anthony, and then they bring in Phil Jackson to try and fix it all, and none of it's really worked. Now they're trying to go the super team route, but it's not really a super team. <laughs> and <laughs> The past their prime team route. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, so I mean it's 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 a lot of the Knicks trying to be innovative, trying to fit the curve of the NBA, but just failing in all facets of it. That's why recently when I heard that the Lakers want to put Magic Johnson in the front office, I'm thinking they better not look at what Phil Jackson's doing. Um, you know, so really it's it's my to me it's just that the Knicks 
are just frustrated in all facets of everything. So any negative light that's shining on them, in this case, Charles Oakley pushing people at a game, they're going to try and handle it. Uh, then they ban him from Madison Square Garden, and it was kind of like, really? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've never heard of this in my life. So it, it's all just a big mess, and I don't know what it's going to take to fix it. Probably winning basketball. I mean, winning covers everything. Yeah. So yeah, unless, unless that unless that team starts winning in the making it to the playoffs and winning in the playoffs, this will be happening for a while. And even and especially if they lose Carmelo Anthony and don't get a big time player at least in return or in free agency the following year, that that franchise is going to be some some deep trouble. Yeah, but are they in a situation right now where basically? For them to turn it around and start winning, is it a situation where they're either going to have to, the Dolans will have to sell the team or back off far enough where they let somebody smart run things? Because, I mean, they put Phil Jackson here. They gave him total control, let him do the job how he wants. He doesn't have to be in New York at any time. He doesn't have to assist in scouting players. He, he doesn't go watch college kids play. He doesn't go overseas to watch any of the European uh, players play. He's just drafting off of what tapes, uh, just people's word for it. I don't know. Wa- yeah. Watching the ACC Big Ten Challenge, I don't know where he's getting his, <laughs> his, his yeah. game data. Uh, but, I mean, he, he did make a nice draft pick with Porzingis, but that's about the only good thing I can say he's done. Uh, everything else he's done has just caused issues. Like, like I said, uh, he, I don't, if he has an issue with how Carmelo Anthony plays, that's perfectly fine. Uh, I have issues with how Melo plays at times, but to make it a media circus where Melo has to answer for every single thing, uh, Phil Jackson tweets or says in an interview, I think that's very unprofessional and ridiculous and just another example of just how the Knicks seems like they're being ran by a bunch of teenage teenagers. Yeah, you know, a lot of times in sports, there's a trickle-down effect. You know, if, if the owners aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing, then the front office isn't doing what they're supposed to be doing. And if the front office isn't doing what they're supposed to be doing, coaches tend to not do what they're supposed to be doing. And then therefore the players aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing. So, you know, to, to say, you know, maybe it's just time Dolan sells the team. You know, I wouldn't say that that's a far, a far gone conclusion. I think that's a very realistic option. Um, you know, when I talk about the Detroit Lions with you guys, I've mentioned that before. I don't know if the Lions will do anything until the Fords sell the team. I, I don't know. Um, but I do believe in the trickle-down effect and Dolan not handling himself professionally, not handling the franchise professionally. It's bleeding all the way down to the players. And, I mean, I'm not going to blame the players uh, because it's literally everybody that claims the Knicks franchise. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, just one thing, you know, Darnell, you kind of touched on Phil Jackson, um, you know, about, you know, some of his antics, you know, just, I don't know if he still has this, like, coaching mentality or what, you know, but there would be some instances where, you know, when he was a coach, 
he would say something about a player on his team or the opposing team that he was going to be playing soon to kind of ruffle the guys up, get under the skin a little bit. But, you know, right now, being the uh, president or whatever, you know, this is not, uh, I believe, not the way to how you should be handling things, you know, going to the media, talking about your players and whatnot. You know, if you have a problem with one of your players, especially like with Carmelo, call him up to the office or whatnot. But, you know, yeah, I don't really think he's been uh, handling that position well right now, especially how he's just been, you know, tweeting about his teammates and stuff when he should be keeping some of the stuff he's been saying behind closed doors. So, yeah, I, I would definitely agree. He's he's doing things that he would do when he was a coach, but not getting the same outcome. Yeah. Uh, and I think part of that is because he doesn't have a great front office behind him that makes sure he has a good enough team that if he singles out one person and they're pissy for a couple of weeks, that they still have enough production on the other parts of the team. Like this, this is not the Lakers with Shaq and Kobe. This is not the Lakers with, uh, with Shaq and, and Fisher and, uh, help me out, Trey, this is your squad. But with uh, those, Robert Ory, Ory, with those championship types, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like this is not those teams where he can say Kobe's shooting too much, he's hogging the ball, and and basically Kobe takes it as a challenge to start facilitating it more. Yeah. No, this is the team president interfe- interfering in what the coach is supposed to do. Yeah. Uh, like, I, I don't know if y'all noticed, but Jeff Hornacek is supposed to be the coach right now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. And, but, I mean, you would never think that because you never hear a peep out of him and there's no news because his team is so terrible. Like, I mean, he he's probably happy that he's not in the news because yeah, his team just is so bad. Yeah, out of this shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, but... Uh, Phil is just constantly overstepping bounds. His job should be building a team that Hornacek can work with and maybe try to build a playoff team. Uh, all he did basically, from what I, like I've said, he made one good draft pick and then his free agency moves have been god awful. Yeah. He, he, he looked at players that I guess maybe they played good against him when he was coaching, like, did Derrick Rose go off for 40 against the Lakers at some point uh, before he retired and he just remembered that. So I'll, I'll hire him and did Joe Kim Noah have a really good defensive game against one of his centers. So let me bring him in. These guys are not good anymore. Not, not to the level that you think you have a super team good. At least they're, they're still serviceable players, of course, but you know, Derrick Rose is not jumping over people anymore. And, uh, and Joakim Noah is not shutting down any other def- uh, any other offensive player now. He, he, they they have a bad roster and and a dysfunctional front office. This is this team is just ridiculous right now. <laughs> and and even at that point, isn't Kyle O'Quinn seeing more floor than Joakim Noah anywhere? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I believe so. Yeah. I mean, like the, that that roster just looks like somebody doesn't know how to draft a team. Like if, if you had everybody in the NBA all laid out and you could pick the worst possible team to brag about having, this would be it. Yeah. It's bad, man. Now, who would you guys put uh, most of the blame on, you know, Dolan or, you know, Phil or what? Uh, I mean, I think it's an even mix between Dolan and Phil. 
because I mean Phil is he's not a good fit. He I mean for this position he is lazy. I mean mm-hmm. I I guess I'll just come out and say that he he's not doing what other team presidents do to build rosters. Uh, he he's not getting his hands dirty so to say. But the person that hired him also has to take some of this. Oh, absolutely. This heat. Uh, if, if just cause you were hiring a, a, a coach that has all these rings, a coach that has all these rings and you put him in a personnel building role, you cannot give him this much power. I don't care how many rings he has. Mm-hmm. Uh, this guy comes in and says, I, I want full control of the franchise. I don't want you to expect me to be in any office or on a plane to go see this prospect play. No, I'll I'll figure it out. And you say, okay, yeah, just let me give you me a bunch of money out. and let you do that. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, I, I, I'm not a billionaire run, uh, owning a team, but I think I'm smart enough to say that's a bad deal. And you can hit the bricks. I'll find somebody else. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I'm I'm going to say exactly what you just said but in some different words. Like I don't care that Phil Jackson is an NBA legend. To handle a franchise with careless hands and basically zero interaction remarkably stupid. Like let let's let's be honest. I mean how much interaction do you think he actually has with the front office, with other people in that front office? Like when you have a meeting with people and he's the one guy being phoned in mm-hmm. and basically says, well, this is what I want to do. Uh, that's not very effective. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I mean, once again, just look at the roster. I mean, they, they took the biggest risk in the draft last year in Przingis and it worked out. I mean, good for them. Pistons took Darko and it failed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, like, like you said, Joe Kim Noah, Derek Rose, these guys are on the other side of the hill. Uh, they're not what they were. Um, just seeing him be that way. And then Dolan, like you said, the guy that hired him not doing anything about it. You're just, he, he's, he's going to ride the Phil Jackson's a legend card until this franchise is being talked about being shipped out of New York. <laughs> I mean, well, it's, he, Dolan's already started taking some little side shots at him. Is he? Uh, he Dolan did an interview. He, he did an interview on New York radio in regards to this whole uh, Oakley situation. And the interviewer asked, just like, well, what do you have to say to the fans that are, you know, they're, they're not happy with the product on the, on the court and what's going on with all this? His, his answer was ask Phil. Yeah. <laughs> so I think he's trying to plant some seeds there. Like, don't put all this heat on me. He's there too. But yeah. you know, like, like we just said, you hired him though. Yeah. And, and he's allowing it to happen. Yeah. So, I mean, do, do you guys think it would be far-fetched to say we could see Phil Jackson's time in New York up as soon as the end of this year? It would be smart. Yeah. <laughs> it would be the smartest move they've made all season if, if, if it did turn out that way, but I doubt it. it just I, I don't have enough faith in the Knicks to make a good decision. 
Yeah, and and at, at that point, you're at that point, you're basically saying you don't think in reality Dolan has the cojones to kick him to the curb. Yeah, because he's well, Bill Jackson. <laughs> well, and I th- I think he's just one of those guys that. You know, sometimes money makes you think you're a little smarter than you are, even if you inherit it. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, this is an inherited team from his father, but, you know, he, he, he wants to feel like he made the right move. So he's probably going to yeah. give Phil enough rope to hang the team and not just himself. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, anything else to add? What about the Knicks or UFC or whatever? Knicks are terrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're they're on right now, and even though they're winning, I have a hard time watching it. Yeah, it like awesome. they're 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 not even a fun team to watch. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's bad for them. I I I'm not even if they're playing Golden State. It's not appointment viewing. Yeah. Not for me. Yeah. Uh, just for me, man, just like to wish, uh, Ojabari Parker, uh, speed of recovery, man. I don't know if it's a Simeon curse or what the, uh, ballers in Chicago comes to the NBA, but D Rose, he was having problems with his, uh, injuries and stuff. And, you know, Jabari Parker, he's this young guy. He's getting injured too, man. He's going to be out for, uh, 12 months. So this him, man, that dude's a baller. So yeah, I'd like to see him back on that court, man. That hurts, uh, uh, my goodness, Milwaukee Bucks, uh, cause you know, they were just getting Middleton back and everything, man. So just have to see, man. Yeah, that's rough. Second ACL injury on the same knee. And, yeah. And he was playing good ball this year, too. That's, that, that sucks to see for a young player like that. Yeah. So, you know, I hate to, you know, have him have all that potential and then, you know, turn into a D Rose, man. Well, you could have been so much better, but you know, those injuries kind of got to you. So. Uh, just hopefully, yeah, you know, he's a young guy. Uh, I think he would have been a senior in uh, college this year. So, you know, he's young. Hopefully he just bounces back from his body, can uh, handle it and everything. And, you know, he'll be back to balling on the court. So, Yeah, and, you know, I'll I'll even take that a quick step further just real quick before you close it out. Uh, you know, just everybody facing the injuries. Zach Levine, another young talent. Oh, yeah, you know, Zach Levine. Yeah. Justice Winslow's out for the year. Um, you know, you can even throw in Kevin Love out for the next six weeks, but yeah, there's, there's been a few guys who, who got the injury bug this year pretty bad. So, yeah. uh, speedy recovery to all that. Yep. All right, guys, anything else? No. All righty. Um, as always, guys, I appreciate you guys for tuning into the show. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at DKM underscore cast. Uh, you can also check this podcast out on uh, iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, SoundCloud, uh, Google Play, all of that. Just hit us up in that search engine. Uh, but other than that, man, I'm just looking forward to this All-Star weekend, man. Hopefully it'll be as entertaining as last year. So catch y'all around, man. Y'all take it easy. Peace. <laughs>